And ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for your main event. In this corner, from parts unknown, coming in at a combined weight of 532 pounds, the J-Brone Express. And in this corner, utilizing the free bird rules, your tag team champions of the world. At a combined weight of 832 pounds, the Brothers in Cage. What's going on, everybody? This is El Gigante, one of the hosts of Brothers in Kayfabe podcast. We're doing another one of our uh, fantasy booking episodes this week. Um, what's going to be, uh, mostly it's going to be me and Jimmy doing our booking, and then uh, Landon is going to um, do a quick forward, I believe, on either... Uh, how we did last time, or he's going to talk about how we did this time. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we are on the road to Ground Zero. <laughs> Huge pyro set goes off, thorn in my side plays. And then, standing in the ring, as the lights fade and go back to their normal setting, the assistant to the general manager, Drake Maverick, Mike in hand, ready to address the capacity crowd. I know what you've been, all been talking about, and you want to know what is going to happen to Ray Mysterio in the Gold Rush Tournament. Ray has been in the San Diego Medical Center since the brutal attack last week by Rob Van Dam, suffering a severe concussion and having multiple lacerations due to the chair shots from RVD. Like it was timed, like it was just, you know, perfect. Rob Van Dam's music hits. And uh, we hear, what of a kind? Hey, 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 Mr. Monday Night saunters down to the ring. Drake, I'm appalled you would even consider leaving me out of the tournament now. After what I did, I defeated Rey Mysterio fair and square. Well, in extreme rules, that is. Drake grabs his mic back and responds, Rob, I've, I have a decree here in my hand, and that decree states that RVD shall be suspended without pay until the tournament is over. We, he will not be allowed in WWE facilities, including the very arena you are standing in. Take him away. 
At that moment, Van Dam notices the security around him. He fights fights them off for a moment, but they finally tackle Van Dam to the floor and arrest him for trespassing. Now that I've got that taken care of, I have a second part of my announcement to state. There's been a replacement in the Gold Rush Tournament. So in the semifinals, the winner of HBK and Nakamura will face, at that point, Drake points to the stage where you hear, JBL. His music hits the limo with the horns. And the match between Sean and Shinsuke will happen right now. And JBL will be our special guest watching from the stage. So JBL will stay out for this match, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Jim Ross addresses the crowd at home. He will be sitting out on the stage watching his two possible opponents for next week. Scouting them for that big match in the semifinals. So, JBL, what are what are you doing here? Jim exclaims. Well, well, Ross, I I was appalled that I was left out of this tournament. The greatest WWE champion of all time, a wrestling god, and I wanted to be out here to let y'all know that. Well, with a little cash settlement, I was able to buy my way into the tournament after RVD's uh, vicious attack on Rey Mysterio. Now, I, I, I did not, I did not tell him to do that. But here we are. We're gonna we're gonna see what happened. We're gonna see what happens here in this match, and we uh, you know, we'll find out. Who I'm going to be facing next week. Sexy boy plays over the arena speakers and Michaels comes out doing his shimmy. Gets down onto his knees and does his prayer and then starts heading towards the ring. And as he enters the ring and does his, his twirl. Shinsuke Nakamura heads down the ramp doing his shaking and jiving in the only in a way that only Nakamura can make look cool. They both get into the ring and now entrance gear is removed and the bell rings. We are off to the races. This is a dream match of all dream matches, and it's happening live on Monday Night Raw, Jim Ross exclaims. Michaels and Shinsuke knock, lock up. Nakamura hits a few well-timed kicks as, as strong as strong style can get. But Michaels fights back into the corner, goes for the flare chops. Both men are beating the hell out of each other, Jim Ross exclaims on commentary. 
Michaels rares back and hits Sweet Chin Music out of nowhere. Didn't even drum up the band. One, two, no, two count. And Nakamura stirs. Sean picks Shinsuke back up and sends him into the ropes. Shinsuke locks off, rocks off the ropes and hits a huge kick to the midsection. They fight back and forth when Shinsuke gets Michaels to the ground. He's setting him up. He hits the Kinshasa. One, two, three. He's done it. Shinsuke gets the upset. Shinsuke Nakamura will advance and face JBL next week. As the commercials appear, JBL and Nakamura have a stare down from the ring to the stage. We head into segment three, coming back from commercials now. Woo! Ric Flair's music hits and the dirtiest player in the game is heading to the ring dressed to the nines. Now, I, I do a horrible Ric Flair, so I'm not going to even attempt a Ric Flair impression here. Side note to the fans at home. Back into it. I am, as always, the styling and profiling limousine riding jet flying. I'm going to do it anyway. Kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing son of a gun. That sounds more like Dusty, but, you know, he did try to kind of steal from Dusty a little bit. I'm every woman's dream and every man's nightmare. I had the privilege to be on the road up and down, late nights, parties, kissing the girls and making them cry with the horsemen. But now the horsemen, they ain't, they aren't around anymore. I have no one beside me but me. Until now, let me introduce my protege, the newest, dirtiest player in the game, EC3. EC3 appears from ringside, hits the ring in the most expensive Armani suit you could ever see. Rick here has taught me everything I know. And it's time to show him I'm worthy of his legacy. That's why I'm making a challenge right here, right now. At ground zero, I will be standing in the ring ready for anyone who steps through that curtain. The EC3 Open Challenge is officially on at ground zero. And whoever thinks that they have the nuts to go up against me, just step in the ring. The screen fades to black as we head to commercial. Shock waves go through. Raw's war because Ric Flair is back and he has a protege and that protege is EC3 of all people who will be able to stop those two together 
We'll find out at ground zero as we're ready to go on to segment four. Eric Bischoff is sitting in his office with Big E, Edge, and Drake Maverick. Edge, Big E, you're, I, I wanted to speak to you guys. Um, you will not be having a match tonight. We're just going to put it out there. Um, Big Show's not here. Uh, he sent his agent, sent his manager, um, and told him, told us that he wasn't, he wasn't going to be here tonight after the blatant disrespect that uh, we supposedly showed him last week. Me being the impartial uh, man I am, uh, I will give him until uh, I will give him until next week to uh, to come and apologize for not for not showing up to his job. Um, but as of right now, the Intercontinental title match will not go ahead tonight. Uh, your main event will be changed um, to a tournament match. But uh, instead, the IC title will be fought for at ground zero. So you're going to have a bigger uh, stage to fight for this uh, for this title. Um, it'll be between Edge, Big Show, and Big E. And guys, I'm telling you right now, if Big Show decides not to show up for the contract signing next week, then he's out of the match. And he won't have a match at ground zero, zero period. So Big Show, if you're listening out there, I'll see you next week. If not, then uh, enjoy your couch. Edge and Big E look at each other, both knowing that it's in their best that Big Show doesn't show up next week. Edge has that look that only the ultimate opportunist has, and Big E smiles back. Seg 5, main event time here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our final quarterfinal match of the Gold Rush WWE title tournament. Roman Reigns' music hits as he saunters through the crowd. The fans love him. The women want to be with him. He's ready to do battle. He wants to advance to face Batista in the semifinals. The young kid. He's got a chance to be, be a star, Jim Ross exclaims. He hits the ring and poses in the corners as he's waiting for the doctor of thugonomics as I, I can't do his theme song. So you think you're untouchable? Word life. 
This is based on economics. John Cena hits the stage word life, and he's in a vintage Chicago Cubs baseball jersey, and the Milwaukee crowd rains the booze down on Cena. Cena comes to the ring, shows off to the fans, takes his jersey off and holds it up in the air for everyone to see. At that moment, the bell strikes and we are off. Both men lock up, slow and methodical, really feeling each other out. They both go for an early finisher, but neither will gain any ground on each other. They they both escape as Cena tries to put them in the STF. You. And Reigns tries to get them into a arm bar. It's neck and neck through most of this with punches and kicks and a lot of hard work. That's when Cena hits Reigns with a hard clothesline about 15 minutes into the match. Sending Reigns to the mat. Cena jumps out of the ring and grabs a steel chair intent on using it on Reigns. The referee manages to wrestle it away from Cena and as the ref goes to throw the chair out of the ring... Cena pulls brass knucks out of his shorts. Ref, get back over there. But not in time as John Cena hits Roman Reigns with the biggest low blow you've ever seen. Reigns goes down and the ref didn't see it. He counts one, two, Three, and the doctor of Thugonomics advances. Reigns is trying to figure out what happened. As the met, the announcers are in disgust. That means Cena will battle Batista in the semifinals next week. And we'll have Nakamura versus JBL on the other side. Thanks, folks, for joining us on Monday Night Raw as the screen fades to black and it's time for another USA Monday Night Movie, King Kong, on tonight. And I cannot wait to watch King Kong right after Monday Night Raw. Hey, what is up, everybody? It is Mr. Rasslin, Landon Bumgarner. Uh, so, you just heard Jake's Week 2 on Monday Night Raw. So this episode is going to be uh, just Jake's recalling this episode 15, part one. Uh, later this week, we will drop episode 15, part two uh, with Jimmy's week two of SmackDown. Uh, so I'm going to give my thoughts on Jake's episode, and then I will give my thoughts on Jimmy's later uh, in this week. So, uh, right off the bat, a little bit of context. So, if you go back and listen to uh, the first week of booking of Jake and Jimmy, uh, some very different style bookings between the two, uh, as we discussed uh, this past week. And the week before that, Jimmy was booking for the very first time. Uh, so, we have a rookie booker, but coming out of the gates hot with... 
Goldberg and Vince in segment one and just use it, taking advantage of star power and doing some really cool stuff with that. Jake had the overall more solid show. Uh, and we want to keep those kind of things in mind. Uh, as they're booking and for us fans, as we're listening and thinking, what is the show you would be willing to sit through? Whether it's a one-hour show, a two-hour show, or a horrible three-hour show, wrestling shows sh- weekly should not be three hours. Uh, there's no way to justify that. Um, so going with what show you would sit through the entirety and just having those segments, what's going to draw the viewer in and keep them watching and then send them home happy but also ready and eager to tune in next week. So let's go ahead and jump in with Jake's week two. I love this Gold Rush tournament uh, that he has been doing for the WWE Championship. There's something beautiful about tournaments in professional wrestling because it's one of those things to where there's the natural storytelling already put in because every man in that tournament is competing for uh, the victory of winning the finals and being crowned champion or, you know, if it's like the G1 or if it's like the King of the Ring, whatever it is, there's that prize, there's that satisfaction that comes with someone making it all the way to the end of the tournament. So I love, uh, I've got a big soft spot in my heart for tournaments, just as a fan. So I love that uh, we have the great opening segment uh, that ends with setting up Nakamura versus JBL. What an interesting matchup. Obviously, it's one we haven't ever seen in real life, but... I think you have that JBL kind of roughneck style, uh, just a hard-hitting brawler. And then you've got the the hard-hitting style, uh, but also the technical ability of Shinsuke. Uh, it makes me think this is probably the closest we would get to a Shinsuke versus Stan Hansen match. Like, if you pluck Stan Hansen from his prime and drop him uh, in like 2013 New Japan versus Shinsuke. Uh, this is kind of the vibe I'm getting from this, but also if you look uh, 2006, I believe it is, Shinsuke versus Brock in New Japan, uh, this match would be very similar to that as well. Just a lot of hard hitting uh, in that the fact that that's a semifinal and just the idea that either JBL could go forward or Shinsuke could go forward. And neither one of them, if used correctly, uh, could be bad. Obviously, we see the success of JBL in real life uh, as a world champion and JBL just being such a great heel. But also, Shinsuke, uh, seeing the way he was champion over in... New Japan and how it could have been and so I'm very interested to see uh in week three where Jake goes with this because not only is about where is the winner of this match going to go but what's next for the loser of that match is 
JBL just is JBL going to be off TV for a while? Is he going to go to the mid card scene or Nakamura? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, because with booking, you have the struggle of having the the end results and the satisfactory ending of booking and continuing that storytelling, but you can't. Since it's a continual story, it's not like a comic book to where, hey, we had this big encounter, uh, and now it's done. It's, hey, we just did this, and we need to keep going for the next week, and the next week, and the next week. So, it makes me curious just to see how that's going to end up. Uh, the next segment, I was a huge fan of. So, we see Ric Flair, who was Jake's number one pick in uh, the draft that they did. And I was very curious to see how Jake was going to utilize Ric Flair, whether that would be as an active wrestler, as a manager. Is he Does he get into an authority kind of position? Because uh, Flair's one of those talents. We're all aware of how good he is, and you could utilize him anywhere, really. And I love what Jake did here by making uh, Flair come out. <coughs> Excuse me again. I promise I don't have Corona. Uh, I just have allergies, and I decided to live in the dustiest, windiest state in the universe. Uh, but you have Flair in the middle of the ring hinting at his accolades, talking about how great he is, uh, and not only how great he is, but he has the ability to make someone else great. And he reveals that he has a protege, someone he's taking under his wing, undoubtedly to take him to greater heights. And who is it? EC3. I love this so much because you have someone like EC3 who is great on the mic, is great in the ring, physically looks like a top star, uh, looks like somebody who could just tear through competition. And just think about that. You have someone like EC3 who is already capable of being at the top of the mountain on his own. But now having Ric Flair behind him, coaching him, so it makes you wonder, how far is this going to go? Is EC3 going to kind of wind up on the upper mid-card? Is this going to fizzle out? Or is EC3 just going to go to the top and become the most dominant? We will find out at ground zero uh, with the open challenge that he is doing. I'm super eager to see who shows up uh, to answer that challenge and see does it become a thing where the person who answers the challenge walks away a bigger star than EC3 or does EC3 uh, claim a victim? One of my favorite things, side note, just in real life, uh, what I loved about EC3 was when he was in TNA and he was defeating... All these big stars like Angle and Sting. And I just remember this promo. Uh, and I think it's after he beats Sting and he reads his letter of mourning. And he says this line yelling at the fans saying, All your heroes are failing you. And so I think 
with Flair behind him helping his promo skills, we could see some gold like that from EC3 where he's just stating painfully true facts in a momentous way. On to the next segment. I love the things that are going on with Big Show and how he's in this role of just a whiny, big heel. But he's one of those guys to where he can justify his whining and complaining by being dominant enough and strong enough to, you know, if someone tries to call him out on his whining, it's like Big Show can easily hold his own. And whether it's a choke slam or a knockout punch, like not many people are going to call him out to his face. And so I love that Big Show's kind of using that to his advantage. Like who's going to call a giant's bluff and like try and reprimand him? And so now we find Big Show along with Big E and Edge headed for a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. I love this for many reasons because Big Show's being utilized in a great way. Big E's finally getting a great singles run, uh, which in real life, I think, I don't think Big E needs to be with the New Day. I think he needs to be on his own. I think he's being held back. And you have Edge, who you can put Edge on any spot in the card and... He'll make it better. And I love, 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 love. I've been saying that a lot so far. But I truly do enjoy when the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship is made to be a big deal. You look at its inception and how prestigious it was to guys like Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat... Ultimate Warrior, and what a big deal that is versus like, hey, it's just the mid-card, really lower mid-card championship that we just do when we don't have a storyline. We just put it on somebody. And so the fact that you have a big match of like, hey, Edge would be an incredible IC champion. Big Show would be an incredible IC champion. Big E would be an incredible IC champion. And so I'm eager to see that match not just to see what happens with the Big Show thing especially uh, with the contract signing going down to see if Big Show is going to actually show up and be a part of that but to see what happens next with this so once again I'm just super eager for that and then finally the closing segment what a match I know that's a long pause, but just think about that because I want you to feel the weight of that. What a match to give away for free on TV. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. And this is Thugonomic Cena, which in real life a lot of people I know were wanting that Cena to show up uh, to school Roman. But just getting this interesting dynamic of over-the-top Superman Roman versus the Dr. Thugonomic Cena. And just what a different mixture that is in the ring 
and what it could lead to. And I love the way the match started, how it played out, and how it ended. Because here's the thing, not every time two megastars clash should it be a WrestleMania 45-minute match. And here's what I mean by that. Because with the depth of wrestlers and their accolades and their abilities and stuff, you should be able to tell different stories. So here's what I mean. If Cena and Roman go at it, all of their matches shouldn't be 45 minutes plus a big WrestleMania-level match. There should be times where the match starts and Roman hits a Superman punch right off the bat, follows it up with a spear. Or maybe the match starts and Roman goes for that Superman punch, Cena ducks, picks him up, delivers the attitude adjustment. Or maybe Reigns goes for the spear, Cena catches him with a drop toe hold into the STFU. Just different things. It shouldn't just be Real drawn-out spots. I hit you with four finishers, you kick out. You hit me with four finishers, I'll kick out. And then somehow, when I hit you with another finisher at the end, that's what does it. Because uh, you need the big, long, emotional matches, but you have to have the smaller, just as equally good storytelling matches because you don't want to take away from the specialty of a big, big main event. So having this, and it's another, uh, it's leading up to a semifinal match. And so who's going to go on to face Batista? Is it going to be Roman Reigns or is it going to be John Cena? Having that on the line and that they're competing for it. And Cena wanting it bad enough that he uses the brass knuckles, he hits a low blow, and he pins Reigns to go on to face Batista which, once again, is another huge star power match. You get Rain Cena for free on Raw, and then next week you're going to get Cena versus Batista for free on Raw. I I just love that. What a thorough card. Uh, and now I'm invested again for week three because I know Nakamura versus JBL is going to happen. I know Cena versus Batista is going to happen. And just think of the possibilities with those matches. You could see Nakamura versus Cena. You could see Nakamura versus Batista. You could see JBL versus Cena, which is always money. JBL versus Batista, which is money. Just a lot. It makes me excited to see where this is going to lead. And ultimately, who's going to be WWE champion because it's going to be one of those four. And either one of those, obviously uh, three out of the four in WWE have proven to be great champions. Uh, and so Nakamura, do not discredit him uh, because of how he's been used in WWE. I'm excited to see how Jake uses him. I'm I'm looking forward to Ground Zero. The card is starting to shape up. The fact that there will be a WWE champion crowned. There's going to be a big triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. And EC3 and Ric Flair are hosting an open challenge. Uh, 
So, Jake, this episode of Raw, I think, was better than your first one. Uh, that's not to discredit your first one. I just think it was better. I'm very eager to see how Jimmy steps up for his week two of SmackDown. So, look forward to that coming later this week. We'll make sure we get it to you. I'll give my thoughts on Jimmy's as well. Uh, and maybe we'll get someone else's thoughts. We'll get a another neutral person to give their thoughts on the fantasy booking so far. Uh, and we want to hear from you. I know our format, is it seems like it's all over the place. And it kind of is, but that's okay. We believe in spontaneity, letting things happen as they happen. So some weeks we'll do fantasy booking. Some weeks uh, we'll talk about cameos in pop culture. We'll talk about our favorite matches. We'll talk about things that we're just a fan of. And we want to genuinely hear from you. Uh, so I'm going to make an executive decision I think it'd be fun to do a little mailbag Q&A episode. So if you will send us in the Facebook group or you can message one of us, you can DM one of us, uh, myself, Jake, or Jimmy, just give us uh, some questions that you're curious about, whether it's an underrated match, whether it's a wrestler that we really hate, uh, and we have legitimate heat with uh, just because of how much we despise them. Uh, whatever it is, send us all of the wrestling questions you can think of, and we'll give our thoughts on that next week. Uh, so let's have a little brother in Kayfabe's mailbag episode. Uh, I miss the boys this week. It's crazy things uh, with this virus are weird and how... We're struggling to still find a sense of normalcy uh, in this. Jimmy and I, as musicians, trying to travel and do gigs uh, safely uh, and appropriately taking care of ourselves. Uh, still trying to stay afloat uh, as the wonderful independent contractors as well. I know Jake with his line of work, just the craziness of... He could go from not having anything one day to the next day, having to travel all over the state uh, for appointments. So we hope to those of you who do listen, uh, whether this is your first episode or you've been listening since week one, uh, we hope you're hanging in there and that this is just a source of you to kill some time uh, throughout your week. So from Landon, from Jake, from Jimmy... From Terry Funk, from everything in the world of professional wrestling, to Sweet for Life.